G'day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of This Week in Crypto. And it's been a really slow week as far as price action's been concerned. In fact, there's been, like, I, I, look, I honestly can't recall a period of time where there was so little going on in the markets. Uh, this time last year, we were in, you know, crazy land. It was fantastic, right? We were going through a really strong bull run. And this time round, it's relatively slow. Now, do I have any concerns about the market at this point? Not this, not at this point, no. Not at this point, no. Uh, this point is the 20th of December. Whoa. Five days until Christmas. That happened quick. The older you get, the faster the year goes by. Man, I wish Christmas came around this fast when I was a kid. It seemed to take forever. As an adult, man, these years go past very fast. Anyway, uh, yes, five days to go till Christmas, the 20th of December, and I'm not too concerned. I can see the potential for a strong first quarter next year into the second quarter end of, I think we will have a very good understanding of where the market is at that point in time. And if we, I'm hoping that at that point, it will be very much about taking profits, but time will tell. But this isn't about that. This is about what has gone on in the markets this week. Now, Australia features in a couple of these, and then the world features in a couple more. The Australian government gives nod to six world-leading crypto reforms. Now, what is clear is that if we embrace these developments, Australia has an enormous opportunity to capitalise on the convergence between finance and technology, says uh, Treasurer Josh Frydenberg. Okay, so I'll tell you what, the, the, the first thing is that, um, you know, our Treasurer is starting to take note and see the potential for opportunity for our country as a whole, being that it's a respected country, a trusted country, and it's got clout. You know, Australia, all, although it is small, we do things and we have you know, garnered a lot of respect through that. If you think back to the GFC, Australia was not too affected by what occurred during that period for two reasons. One was our mining sector was booming during that period of time. But secondly, and most importantly, we had a lot more uh, regulations around lending uh, than most other countries in the world, which kept us relatively unscathed. And that's the way it went. Today, we have Josh Frydenberg said the reforms will firmly place Australia among a handful of lead countries in the world. Now, we all know what politicians are like, uh, especially recently given, you know, the, 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 the growth of COVID, for example, has really been interesting from the, um, the voter to the, you know, the parties and the individuals involved in those parties. There has never been during my lifetime such a... I don't know, uh, divide or, or, or an awakening or, I mean, we've never talked about politicians this much as a whole as what we have done in the last couple of years. So all of a sudden when politicians are saying something, we're actually remembering it. And there's been a lot of lies told. I mean, that's just what politics is apparently, unfortunately for us. And um, what they say is often not what they do. And it depends on where they are regarding an election year. So it's, it's difficult to say how realistic uh, they are viewing this, but it's on their lips and it's not negative. That's a good thing. According to the Australian Financial Review, the government is in favour of six out of nine reforms proposed by the Senate committee, including a licensing regime for crypto exchanges, laws to govern decentralised autonomous 
organizations and a common access regime for new payments platforms. What this says is regulation. And whilst many in the space may go, regulation, boo! I have been saying since I started this podcast and started what I do back, you know, I started in 2018, essentially. It was before that, but we want to start to sort of get some traction that regulation won't be a bad thing. It's how they regulate that perhaps could hinder our space. And I still stand firmly by that. Concerning CBDCs, central banking digital currencies, that would be a Australian dollar that is a digital dollar. That's what that means. And you'll see this feature in several of these articles in this particular uh, piece of content. Concerning CBDCs, an unnamed senior government source told The Australian on Tuesday that a retail-scale RBA, Reserve Bank of Australia, backed Bitcoin or cryptocurrency is currently being considered and will be a key element of the government's regulatory reform on digital payments. Backed Bitcoin. Okay, so The Australian on Tuesday that a retail-scale RBA backed Bitcoin. Okay, so... It's not backed by Bitcoin. They're using it. It appears by the language in what's being said there that all cryptocurrency backed, backed Bitcoin. So it, it seems that what they're saying is that a CBDC, a central banking uh, digital currency, I keep getting that around my head. Uh, they're talking about that like a Bitcoin or like a cryptocurrency. It doesn't necessarily say it will be backed by Bitcoin. Very different language, very hard to read between those lines. So again, they're talking about having a central banking digital currency, whereby in in actual fact, that would give them more powers, which I'm not really that keen on. However, it does add legitimacy and Bitcoin will not be going anywhere. And if they're going to regulate exchanges and payment methods, then Bitcoin and other digital assets will have their space. For businesses, these reforms will address the ambiguity that can exist about the regulatory and tax treatment of crypto assets and new payment methods. In doing so, it will drive even more consumer interest, facilitate even more new entrants, and enable even more innovation to take place. Key takeaway, even more. (laughs) One Senate committee proposal the government looks set to ignore is the 10% tax discount for Bitcoin miners who use renewable energy. Now, this is important to me. For, for, For Australia, renewable energy seems like the most, um, obvious segue out of, you know, oil and gas, right? It seems like the most obvious segue towards building the next generations not generation, but generations, to start to learn and create environments and, 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 uh, and economies within a space where the energy is unlimited. Because anything that can run out is not unlimited. It's as simple as that. The sooner we get ourselves tapping the massive amount of sunlight that we have within Australia, we are a bloody big country here in Australia with a shiver, shiver me timbers amount of sunlight. The sooner we start to harness that sunlight, the better. Now, you might say, well, we can always put solar farms up. I totally agree. The problem that we do have at this moment in time is batteries, the storage. 
Well, if we start to invest into uh, universities and schools and curriculums and whatnot, <clears throat> excuse me, and provide grants and subsidies around that sort of thing, the sooner we may come up with a world-changing solution. Until we actually find ourselves in the position whereby we actually look at that seriously and don't just pay lip service to it, I think we're going to struggle. Furthermore, the fact that they will not be giving a discount for renewable energies again, goes back to the fact that we continue to suck on the toes, that's a bit, yeah, toes is better than, you know, uh, of these big mining companies and gas and, you know, fossil fuel industries, which if you pay any attention, you'll see that that is what we do in this country as far as politics are concerned. We provide massive amounts of grants for these places whilst going to Glasgow and saying, oh, we will do this, 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 and this, and this. It's just smoke and mirrors in my eyes. That's my personal opinion. Once Australia starts to become serious about you know, thinking not just in a four-year term, but the success and growth of our country, I think that we'll start to be able to turn away from these major businesses, major uh, political donors and major lobbyists uh, that go into parliament and go across and do their thing. And we can actually start to move forward. We're a very well-respected nation here in Australia. Don't you, you know, don't you forget that we have some very smart individuals. We have a very good system. Democracy is here. <laughs> and we are a very obvious option when it comes to working with us and our technologies. We have a very sound standing within the international uh, space. So we've got an opportunity. Will we take it? I do not know. Australia will be a world-leading crypto hub under the Treasury's plan. Australian consumers will also benefit from new consumer, sorry, consumer protection laws. I'm all for protection laws, don't get me wrong. The world is watching Australia, mm, maybe for different reasons, which is now setting the global standard for crypto payments and digital wallet reform. I think that might be an overstretch. I don't think we've done very much at all. Uh, yes, Australia as a whole has taken up cryptocurrency and digital assets fairly well for a percentage of our population to hold what we do. It's a very big thing. But as far as the regulatory and government perspective and grants and growth and all those sorts of things, I think that is a very, very, very big overstatement right there. Moving from there into another story about Australian crypto, which has not allowed me to highlight certain pieces of uh, tech, so give me a break. Australia's crypto industry could outgrow the tourism and energy sector by 2030, adding $68.4 billion to the economy. A new report suggests Australia's crypto industry could outgrow the energy and tourism sector. Yes, 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 yes. Now, the regulatory framework, again, coming back to regulatory framework, uh, they're basically stating that we want to see something there, therefore allowing growth to occur within our country. Again, I come back to the fact that all words mean nothing without action, without some form of grants, reform, and the ability for us to invest in our future generations to continue to keep the bouncing ball going. In a new report released on Tuesday, analysts at EY uh, suggest that Australia's crypto industry is on track to contribute $64.8 billion and 206,000 new jobs by 2030. Now, we've already added 11,600 jobs to the economy. 
That's a lot, and expected to swallow 37,800 in a mere four, well, basically four years, right? Now, the big thing is right now is that we're generating 2.1 billion in digital asset related activity this year. It's estimated to grow 7.6 billion each year after that. So for those bears in the market, Ernest and Young are suggesting don't be so bearish. However, you make your own decisions. Now, one of the big things here is this. Uh, James Manning, founder and CEO of Mawson Infrastructure Group, states, an industry, sorry, as an industry, we desperately need a fit-for-purpose policy and regulatory framework to provide greater security and certainty to consumers and the crypto industry. This is stating that securities law may not be just the thing. You cannot throw a new technology, a new world, into an already existing infrastructure. So therefore, do some bloody work and create something good. Doing work, creating something good, doesn't sound very politically minded to me. I hope that my pessimism is met with absolute outrage and they do something about it. The Bragg recommendations, if adopted, will revolutionise the Australian crypto sector and improve consumer protection, therefore driving innovation, confidence and growth in the sector. Here, here. Get it done. Don't just talk about it. Then it walks back into the Frydenberg article I just spoke to you about. Overall, again, talking about Ernest Young, overall our analysis finds that the cryptocurrency and digital asset sector could provide significant economic benefits to the Australian economy moving forward, but that Australia does not yet have a fit-for-purpose regulatory systems to promote certainty for new businesses, investors and consumers in the digital asset space. A well-robust regulation is required. Totally agree there. Liberal Senator Andrew Bragg said his recommendations could put Australia in position to boost the crypto industry's economic footprint 30-fold. Now, when you talk about $2.1 billion in 2021, and then you walk about forward to 30, we're talking $60 billion, which is what the numbers are here. One of these things that need to happen is that we need to see policy, we need to see votes, we need to see this on the table for us. Uh, to vote for. We have an election coming up uh, just next year in 2022, I believe March. If we don't start to see this, these are just articles, just smoke and mirrors trying to cater to those individuals that are involved, like us, in this digital asset space. If we can't vote on it, then how can we expect anything to really be done? Come on, Australia, step up. We've got shit ton of energy and sunlight. Let's get the batteries working good. We've got plenty of opportunity from the brain banks to not lose them to the different areas of the world where digital assets, blockchain, and all of this sort of stuff that's going on, the new web 3.0, we lose so many people to this. Let's create an environment, an infrastructure, a regulatory place with grants and benefits for people of all the world to come here knowing safely, well taxed, well-regulated environments exist with good grants. Let's build this country into an absolute powerhouse. And if we don't, well, it's on our leaders. From here, we go into FTX, crypto exchange FTX, links. Uh, oh, Inc., sorry. International rights deal with NBA's Golden State Warriors. In a new announcement, the San Francisco-based Cisco Golden State Warriors, that's hard, say they have joined forces with FTX US as the team's official cryptocurrency platform and distributor of non-fungible tokens, otherwise known as NFTs. Cryptocurrency is a well-established worldwide community and is going to continue to be a major part of the sports, media, and entertainment industries. 
In our conversations with FTX, we quickly realized our joint desire to innovate around cryptocurrency integration and adoption, including the role of NFTs play in global fan engagement. So this is a big step forward. It's taken NFTs to bring in major sporting franchises and major business. I will say that as well. Now, I don't know too much about the NFT world, I have to say that. But what I do know is that anything that is capturing attention for revenue for massive sporting franchises is certainly going to help the growth of the space. If you think about NFTs, most of them are going through Ethereum, which requires you to own Ethereum to mint your NFTs or buy your NFTs. It's a good sign for our space that private companies like Golden State Warriors, it is a private company, and other private companies are taking note, not because the government is telling them what to do, but because they can see revenue opportunities that do not exist at the moment. That is what cryptocurrency and digital assets provides if you are innovative and if you are able to get your head around it and put the time into it. And I applaud this in a big way. Okay. Let's come back to central banking digital currencies. So IBM. All right. I, okay. So you can see here, banks exploring. Okay. Here, sorry. Get this HSBC and IBM. Uh, lots of trouble here for uh, money laundering uh, and IBM. Okay. So two massive conglomerates successfully test blockchain-based FX central banking digital currencies settlement capacity. Banking giant HSBC and technology firm IBM have announced the successful testing of advanced token and digital wallet settlement entailing direct transactions between two central bank digital currencies. According to IBM, the, this sorry, according to IBM, the entity successfully tested an end-to-end -end transaction lifecycle, enabling CBDCs, e-bonds, and foreign exchange as part of the experiment. Furthermore, IBM stated that the project aims to act as a roadmap for central banks globally that are exploring the possibility of rolling out the central bank, uh, central banking digital currencies. And here's the kicker. This is the big one. Under the plan, the bank stated that the blockchain-based solution would deploy a shared settlement ledger to process US dollar, Canadian, British pound, and Euro transactions. Within this plan, they are capturing uh, a, a huge percentage of the global, globally used and volume traded currencies. HSBC have made a masterstroke move here as well as IBM. They know that they have people in these places that can try and get these things pushed through. They can see the trend that is forming. They wanna be at the forefront. And you've got to ask yourself why. That little bit down here, that is why. They can take fees for settlement. If they create an environment that the US dollar, Canadian, British pound, and Euro take on board, and a part of the settlement process, we are talking trillions of dollars a day. We are talking the market of foreign exchange, which is in the trillions per day. If they can clip off 0 0.0001 of a basis point on each transaction, they have now got themselves hedged against the growth of digital assets. Not Bitcoin, not our specific market, but it is a huge market for them. 
Now, for anybody who's been watching what I do or listening to what I say throughout my career in this space, starting sort of in 2018 when I started the podcast, you'll know I've been talking about the fact that these big firms will come together the second they can make a buck. And we've seen it time and time again. Here it is again. But what it may do is it may give a little bit more faith into the digital asset space. And as people go into CBDCs, they might go, I might need a bit of a hedge on the outside in Bitcoin, Ethereum, and whatever else they get involved in. Not sure if it's all that positive at this stage, but it's being spoken of at a governmental level, at a HSBC and IBM level. So time will tell. Finally, coming to Russia. Russia decide between blanket crypto ban and legalizing exchanges in 2022. What a bloody conundrum. <laughs> Remarks made by President Vladimir Putin last month who stated that cryptocurrencies bear high risks. Spot the dog, bang on. Well done, Peter Pan. Uh at an investment forum in Moscow. The nation's central bank is currently preparing an advisory report on the issue. However, Anatoly Aksakov, Anatoly Aksakov, Anatoly Aksakov, Anatoly Aksakov, got there, chairman of the Duma, Russian parliament, committee on financial markets, gave the following statements at a press conference the same day, as reported by local news outlet, outlet, whatever, and translated by Cointelegraph. There exists a very tough approach about the complete prohibition of cryptocurrency, such as acquisition or ownership. There also exists an approach where there must be appropriate crypto exchanges, where everything is legalized, transparent, and understandable to regulatory bodies. This is the conversation going on around the world right now. Regulation. It would be easier for the Federal Tax Service of Russia to tax such exchange transactions. Of course, if it's legal, it will do. Um, Chairman Aksakov, also voiced his support, uh, cryptocurrency, his support cryptocurrency mining regulation in the country. Authorities in the country prioritise launching a CBDC ruble. CBDC. Get used to hearing that. We are going to see it, hear it, watch it grow. You might look at that and go, ooh, this could be a bit scary. More power, more control by the central banking systems of these countries and government systems. But don't forget... These countries and governments work at a very, very slow pace. We have still got our time to continue to grow our portfolios in the environments regulatory-wise that we have right now. As that regulation does continue to grow, I suspect that we will continue to see more and more cycles of boom and bust. Your job as an investor and crypto trader, if that is you, is to make sure that you lock in profits along the way. That is your job 101. You manage your risks and you make sure that you're aware of what is going on out there. Our job as investors, traders and people that are involved in this space is to do whatever it is that we want from this market. I would hope that where you can, you give. Where you know that something is being wrong and you're going to be taking money from somebody who can't afford to take it or just doing it when they're going to get screwed. I would hope your moral compass points you in the direction of saying no. I know that I have done that several times and it has cost me literally millions and millions of dollars. Our space is a wonderful place. It has all sorts of unique individuals and characters throughout. People that are just absolute twats, uh, but also a number of very, very great people. 
The fact that we have a market that is the market that we have and the way it has come about and where we are right now, we've all, well, many of us have done very, very well from that and many more will do into the future. I, your real task for yourself is to, well, the way I live my life is this, do whatever you want without stepping on anyone's toes in the process. That is my religion. That is how I live my life. There are ways in pump and dump groups and all sorts of ways to make money in this space. One day it will come back to bite you, whether it be through regulation and backdating on things that uh, were not so good, uh, or whether it be on just shit happens to shit people. Something will come back. Do the right thing. Look after yourself and your family and your friends. And if you've got money on the side, give to charity. Now, I don't publicly put out my charity donations because you know what? It's not about that. If you've got something to give, especially at this time of year, around this Christmas period, and given the years that we've had, please reach out to some of the charities in your area. Look after the homeless. Look after those families that have been through you know, hell this year and give something back. Um, I'm not, this is not a, there's no way to do it through me. I'm not asking for anything. I'm asking for you to think about the position that you're in and how you can give back, whether it's $10 or, or, or 10000 Try your best to do your best. Be kind, be loving. Merry Christmas to you all. I thank you for all of, all of your support throughout the years. I hope this brings you value. I look forward to continuing to bring you more and more in 2022. You guys have been fantastic. You've given me strength when I've needed it. You give me support when I've needed it. And it's not been an easy year for me. Been through a lot. I know you have too. Thank you very much from the bottom of my heart. Have a great Christmas. Bye for now.